disappointed but not surprised that 1-800-ELMO-SUCKS didn't get picked as the show title last week. <laughs> but I have adjacent, uh, like Layers of an Onion, I have, I have semi-adjacent news related to that. So you're familiar with who Brett Goldstein is? Uh, one of the actors, and, and writers, I think, too, of Ted Lasso, right? Correct. So as you know, so again, on the record, ELMO-SUCKS. But Brett Goldstein is a noted friend of Oscar the Grouch, the best character on the Sesame Street. And he posted on his Instagram. Let me get the link. Oh, I've, I've, I've seen this picture, and I, I assume that his episode is coming out sometime during the season that's airing now, which I'm really Oh, has it not come for. out yet? Well, I, we're a few episodes behind, so maybe it has, but it, it, at least, I mean, as of the current season, it had not. So... Because I I think he posted this, you know, not all that long ago. So it presumably would have been when they were filming the current season, I think. And is Sesame Street like Better Call Saul, where you can't miss an episode, otherwise you you don't know which side? (laughs) Which side of the drug war Elmo's on? Yeah, exactly. Oh, we we know what side he's on. (laughs) We know. Okay. Elmo's basically the, the Tuco of Sesame Street. Like yeah, we could, but, could do could do a whole series of episodes on that probably. Uh, yeah, Big Bird is definitely Mike. Um, okay, so we have <laughs> who is who's, like, who's Cookie Monster? Oh shit, is Cookie Monster Tuco? No, he's not. Cookie Monster is no Cookie Monster's Jesse. He mm. has that erraticness in him, but he's actually kind of smarter than you'd imagine. Yeah. Okay, for for me putting you on the spot, that wasn't bad. Yeah, I was going to say it might be Badger, but no. Um, all right, so I actually, I find this interesting. I don't know. I'm, I, I, oh, just because I saw this in Mike Hurley's Instagram earlier today, that's the only reason why I know this. So they posted a, one of the first press images or screenshots of the new season of Ted Lasso. It's coming back spring of 2023. Honestly, I actually don't remember whether I had a positive, impre- or like an overwhelmingly positive impression of season two of Ted Lasso. I feel, I think I, liked it substantially less than the first one but still liked it was that yeah was that the I, I, read we everybody had on it i, I think so i was gonna say I, I, my recollection is that your opinion of it was kind of the same as everybody's which was it was it was good but not as good as season one which i mean of, of course it wasn't gonna well be. that's isn't there a term for that it's uh, or like this, not, not the sophomore is it the sophomore slump it's something where just like it get, getting over the hump of a really strong first season is challenging and some some shows do that really well. Actually, I don't know if Better Call Saul was one of those. I I know Breaking Bad had a very very rough or like it took it, you had to stick around for a while. But yeah, I don't remember how Better Call Saul went. But anyway, uh, Ted Lasso will be returning to Apple TV Plus in the spring. Hmm. And last last season? Question mark. I think I think that's still TBD. I don't know, and I don't. I, I don't care. I, I we, we have we we've talked about this in the past where I Americans just don't have the the restraint that the Brits do. Like, there's so many shows where, honestly, like if Ted Lasso was a one or a two season deal, would have been fine. Like, like British shows are very willing to have one or two eight episode seasons and just be like, yeah, this is it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's do something. Let's do something else. Where Americans, as you and I, and I feel like a lot of the properties that 
stick around on the culture like the office and friends and stuff like they all just went on far too long just because they were money makers i think the office is, is the absolute biggest offender of that but friends probably was too but i've honestly never seen more than half an episode of friends so i don't know i have if i have the qualifications to well, say that definitively. Well, as a matter of fact we just finished rewatching friends just watched the series finale over the weekend i would say it I'd say it ended probably at about the right time. I don't think it overstayed its welcome. And I and I don't think there was probably a ton more story to tell either. So was, was there enough story to tell on this one? Yeah, I um yeah, so the the lady friend is is a huge fan of friends, which is, you know, kind of why we went back and rewatched it. And I, I saw bits and pieces of it when it was on live. Um and was I was open to it, but somewhat skeptical of how much I would like it going through and re- rewatching the whole series like we did. And I actually, I actually ended up really liking it. So, can I ask you the only thing I know about Friends, mm. which is, were Ross and Rachel on a break? <laughs> uh, it's a it's a complicated question, Carlos. We got to watch the show. No, no, I, I listened to, so again, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, on principle, I'm not going to watch Friends, but I did listen to an entire podcast, which will actually be a chef special on an upcoming episode um, about, about that. And yeah, I, I know the story behind it, so I, but what, what is your answer? I, I, w- I would be probably on Team Rachel there, oh, team which, I, which I guess she means... Was, she, she was trying to have it both ways, from, mm. the, from, what, from what the way it's been explained to me. It was a little, <laughs> a little, a little quick on his part. Which is the part that I don't don't care for. Mm. But wasn't the problem that he was? Be- eh, never mind. <laughs> Mo- moving on. That happen- I mean, it. that happens quite early in the show. I think that's like season two. So you wouldn't have to be super super invested to to get to no, that point. I'm, I'm, I'm and although it, it and then it, it does become. I guess what's probably the longest running recurring kind of bit on the show. And it's, it's, it's used very sparingly, but very effectively. <laughs> Is that the thing where he just yells, we were on a break? Well, I mean, there's some of that, but there, there's some other moments where it, it, it's, it's used very smartly. Including, yeah, I mean, including in the series finale. No, no, no spoilers. Well, the spoilers, I mean, that show has been over for Oh my god! Almost twenty years now. So actually, you know what? Please, please, spoil. I I am never going to watch it. And anybody listening who hasn't watched it, I mean, that's that's what you get. So wait, how is how is it used? Uh, Ross and Rachel, uh, they get they get back together in the end, and then Ross tries to crack a "we were on a break" joke that is is funny, but <laughs> was not not the best time to use it. Got it. And did you and and the and the special lady friend ever watch season two of the morning show? Not yet. No, that we we had. There's a deal in this household where we need to finish Severance before we watch the morning show because we're still only well, but, well, like halfway well, through Severance. Okay, let's put a pin in that. We'll we'll circle back in just a second. Uh. You can just save the time. Okay, I, this is not a spoiler, and, I th- and I'm sure I've talked about this before, but it possibly in all of television history, is there, there's no worse second season of a TV show than The Morning Show. In terms of, of something that like it started off slow and rocky, and it actually ended up being pretty good. 
and is just so abysmally bad. Um, yeah, please let me know what you think about it after you finish Severance. It does have a cameo from uh, Joe Bluth in it, but hmm. yeah, it's oh man, it's bad. I, this is why. And actually, you can, you can give me a read on this in Hollywood. Like, has have any shows in modern times tried to incorporate like COVID and twenty twenty into their storylines? I feel like literally nothing has, except the morning show. Yeah, not that I can think of, and, and probably for good good reason. Yeah, I uh, correct when the when those stories came out that they were re- rewriting significant parts of season two to incorporate COVID. I. Mm, was not excited about that so i'm not i'm not super looking forward to watching the morning show and the lady friends similarly not super excited about finishing severance <laughs> so there's your she, well, uh, there, there's your bargain uh, sh- uh she's not wrong about severance it's not as good as people say it is it's fine and i love adam scott like parks and rec in terms of show that went out on a high note and is very good and is very rewatchable great show and and i i like my aspirational like hey character on tv is ben wyatt but like severance is fine it's very much fine Hmm. are you so you're much more into it than her or are you also giving it like a b minus right now no i'm 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 super into it that show is like right square in the middle of my wheelhouse i love that kind of stuff hmm I give me give me the show that I can that I can read like six articles about after each episode. Oh. Lo- love 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 that. Can't get enough of that. Yeah, but I don't I don't think it's 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 not a breaking it's not a breaking bad in that in that way where like because I I do like the high of of reading uh, like a TV critic you like and you mm-hmm. get the, the the show recap and you get the the stray observations at the end the thing that the AV Club uh, pioneered but is no longer a, is no longer a website. Yeah, I, hmm, is Severance that? Okay. Anyway, I will watch for all mankind when I'm dead, so it's okay. All right, do we? Uh, that was just supposed to be a quick throwaway gag for um, to reuse that Oscar the Grouch Brett Goldstein picture, but got more runway out of that than we thought. We did. All right, actual show. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I told you you were you were you were leading and guiding this one because I'm tired and out of sorts <laughs> uh, i can give it a shot here so i i've got sort of three main stories as being our topics main, main topics for for this week um do you have any particular preference on order here i've i've kind of put them in what i think is the right order but i'm open to suggestions you know i trust and defer to your judgment okay thank you um like if, you, if you've told me i couldn't have a gas stove i'd listen to you that is is, kinda, is that still funny? It's been it's been of a been a bit of a topic lately that I have seen pass through some of my headlines and stuff, but haven't really dug into the details on. But um, but you know what that is, right? Not what a gas stove is, but why that's con. What was it? Was there was, was there like a, there was like a study or something that came out about it? No, no. But but you do you do you have gas appliances? We do. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you you understand that they're worse for the environment and and your health than other ones, right? Yes, mm-hmm. but there are reasons why people would want them. Correct. There was a thing where somebody from the what's the Consumer Product Safety Administration, whatever the the thing is, saying that in terms like they were just there was some interview or discussion about how to regulate or to to enact the policies that would be needed to combat climate change, and they said something about like nothing's off the table, and somehow that that conversation got drawn into gas appliances, 
And then everybody was like, then all the conservatives were like, oh, Biden's coming and he's going to he's going to have a gas stove police and they're all going to take your stoves away from you. And it, it was a, it was a mm. whole fucking thing. Mm. Anyway, but it, it, imagine if Darth was still on Twitter and Twitter was a website that people wanted to go to uh, that wasn't run by Elmo uh, with too much money. Uh, it would have been a fun thing to read. And but it wasn't anymore because those things aren't true. Perfect segue for. Yeah, so we we try not to do a lot of Twitter talk these days, um, but I, I did want to talk about this topic because this might be the last time we talk about Twitter, honestly. Um, mm. So doubt it. <laughs> um, so last Thursday, last Friday, um, mm-hmm. basically all, not quite all, but mostly all um third party apps that connect to Twitter started not working. Um and I know that this I'm sure I mean I'm certainly not the only one to think this like this has sort of been something that I've have felt like was inevitable because you know Twitter never really fully built out their third party API meaning like you know, they never incorporated a way to display ads through the API and they never really enforced some of the things that they wanted to do around the algorithmic timeline uh, with with the third party API. So it always felt kind of like almost like a hack <laughs> to view Twitter through a third party client because you weren't seeing any ads. You could, you know, sort your timeline kind of however you wanted to. And which, you know, none of which was consistent with the direction that, you know, Twitter has been going and especially has been going since, um, you know, Elmo bought it. So it seemed like this, this was coming at some point. And, um, I mean, the thing that's just, I mean, disappointing, but also not probably surprising either is just, just the way that it's happened and the way that it's been managed where there's been no sort of announcement or really basically any sort of communication from Twitter. It's just the API's got, <laughs> well, we can yeah, get to that. Okay. Um, but basically the, you know, these third party apps just kind of stopped working and, you know, presumably are, are not coming back. And I, I was already, you know, basically off of Twitter. I mean, I haven't opened Tweetbot in weeks, but you know, this will be the you know kind of final nail in the coffin, so to speak. Like if I'm I'm not going to start using the Twitter website or the Twitter app. Like if if I can't access Twitter through something like Tweetbot, I mean I just you know don't don't have any don't have any interest. Can I ask a question? Do you have a Mastodon account? No. Do you have any intention of getting one? No, I'm I'm in the. Mike Hurley camp of not really looking to replace the time that I spent on Twitter with something else and rather viewing the downfall of Twitter as being the opportunity to just get out of that game altogether, (laughs) which is kind of consistent with what I've done in general with social media over the past, call it five years, where I don't, I mean, I don't use Facebook anymore, really. you know, I pop in on Instagram and that's basically about it. Like never really to post anything myself, but just to, you know, keep up with 
friends and people who I like to follow. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm looking for less social media in my life, not more. So I'm, I'm not clamoring to replace Twitter with something. Hmm. Well, so let's, let's, let's step back a little bit. <clears throat> so yeah, so the, the API shutdown. So with this one, and I think going back to, to upgrade, I think Mike had a thing that he said in passing, uh, that I actually thought was probably the right answer, uh, is that, uh, it turns out on Thursday evening, uh, somebody told Elmo that third-party clients exist. And that's what happened. Yep. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, definitely. But so there's a lot here. So I I, I would mostly agree, but I push back a little bit on your thing about the third-party API being underbuilt. So, I mean, it's it's been a contentious thing across multiple CEOs. And I think, I think this flared up in the Dick Costolo era. And then, I mean, kind of was always never really addressed under uh the dorsey return area either so the api has always been around there have been like old old school days of twitter used to have a ton of applications that were built on top of its social graph and they were fairly robust things that you could do with it and like you the api's use for like alternate clients like whole cloth was has kind of always been there. There was a period from which, and I forget who was in charge in what year it was, but they did a thing where they changed to OAuth, and there was a thing where you could be grandfathered in to have like some amount of like tokens, and like there, there was a thing like three years ago that you probably remember where like how like tweet bots got grandfathered in and all that kind of stuff. Right. But like I mean, I, I would most I would say I'd say mostly that like the API has been fairly robust. Like it, it they did the one thing that you accurately identify or. The, the one call out that you make that, that is, I think is the most notable is that they never cared enough or ever like actually dealt with the elephant in the room of third party clients in terms of the ad delivery mechanism. But I also think that was probably mostly that Twitter never thought that third party clients included enough of the addressable monthly active users to make it worth it to do it. But that was kind of always the workaround for nerds and power users was that you can use a third-party client and you never see the like insanely mediocre ads that you were served because like twitter that was one other thing like they never had the data mining operation that facebook did so the ads like i mean because i to get myself off twitter stopped like i deleted it from my phone and i don't have the app on my mac but i would still use the regular website whenever i did want to check it out and the ads were never very good but i mean at least you know (laughs) unlike today's twitter uh brands were fine with advertising there but like that, so that was the thing where they, why they probably never invested the time in actually making that work. But that does make this trickier. So yes, yeah, so they, they discontinued, they revoked API access and shut off most of it for almost all external Twitter clients. There's a few random ones that snuck through. So I, th- I think people were saying that like Twitterific for the Mac sort of worked for a while, but it, that obviously wasn't intentional. Or that, that like that, it's still working wasn't intentional, but yeah, I mean it. It kind of sucks, but I also I don't think that that's this is that big of a deal outside of like the T word circles, like Twitter being on on the rapid decline and being a garbage fire and that it's just that it's terrible. That's like the much bigger story, like because this all this only affects people who read tech meme and people who are like adjacent to the stuff that we read, right? I, I think that's spot on. And I, I think the two 
biggest pieces of evidence for that are one, what you just said around Twitter making the decision historically to not invest, figuring out how to deliver ads through the third-party API. So clearly the addressable market there wasn't big enough to justify that work. And then the second thing is the fact that third-party access has lasted as long as it has under Elmo, because if it was a meaningful part of the user base, you, you figure he would have identified it earlier and shut it down. But the fact that it was able to kind of fly under the radar as long as it has, I think indicates that it's not, it's just not a big portion of the, of the user base. And I, I think you're totally right. It's of that small number. It's, it's probably almost entirely, you know, T word circle folks. Yeah. Like a great, like if somebody's still like one, I think a lot of the user defections aren't really that like, I think like that's the part that's tricky. Like every, everybody is thinking that, Oh, I think like it's permeated the entire, like all national media attention, regardless of, of whether you're politically engaged or where you fall on that type of thing. Like, I think everybody is like, LOL, Twitter's a, Twitter's a garbage fire. That's funny. But I think like, again, yeah, the vast, vast, vast majority of people are using the native client or the website and don't actually care. Like a lot of people may just stop being engaged because some of the people that they follow or the content creators stop posting. Or if they start seeing more hateful content they will be like ah oh, screw this. this is this isn't fun anymore and they'll they'll just like naturally fall away which is which is fine but like the the reason this is interesting is just like you're familiar with like a lot of the history of like because like we've lived through of like how twitter developed right i mean kind of yeah so this is why the um well, actually, where is the, before we get onto the, the more fun part of this, what is the, um, the, the, I forget, I'm looking at tech memes, historical thing, the, like the thing that they posted about why there was a one word tweet. Yeah. I think released. it's, 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 I think where your cursor is in the, in the document, Twitter is oh, enforcing a- its longstanding API rules. That may result in some apps not working. That's the oh, it's the, part of the nine to five map. Okay, I, yeah. I was looking for an actual Twitter link. Yeah, yeah so that 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 that's absolute horseshit, and 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 that's the, <laughs> that's the part that's that's stupid. Which is that, but I, that's the part where I also like on Tech Meme where they have the related tweets that tell you kind of what, what other people are saying about it. But yeah, that that's so. This was after a literal week of silence, and everybody's wondering like, okay, so is it just done? But no, there there are no. API rules. We've we've been through this. There was there was like again that whole dark period like three or four years ago where a bunch of third party clients weren't working, or there was this whole debate about well how do you log in and what happens if you create a new client or or whatever. This is stupid and this is dumb and it 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 is the absolute bare minimum you can do or say related to this. And I think as I forget if it was Craig Hockenberry that said it, we'll get to it. But like this is the most chicken shit response of some punk idiot like. This is this is so so dumb and so so lousy, mm-hmm. but so open up the the furbo dot org. So it's the personal blog of Craig Hockenberry, who is the founder of the Icon Factory, which is the uh, software house that makes Twitterific. So this is the part. Like, so people should read this. It was, and it has two really well. Let me let me pull out two quotes that I really really like, and we'll 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 fill in the gaps around it. So. Quote, we all knew it was coming. A prick pulled the plug. And what bothers me most is how Space Karen did it. Again, another nickname for Elon Musk that I really like. But then he, uh, 
because he, he 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 this is i don't have to pull out the specific quote but he he talked about like there's a thing about where he talks about where how the api had been declining for a while and he makes some parallels to some other things that that were oddly poignant and i and i this whole thing is very worth the read but the reason why the api shut down and how lousily it's being handled even if that is what you wanted to do is that i mean if, if people like have a long enough memory twitter was never was was not twitter in tw- 2008 was not the twitter that we know today nor was it the twitter we knew in 2012 like twitterific's first or like second app icon was a bird before that twitter.com had no ref no association with birds whatsoever when the service launched it was called twttr it didn't have the e in it uh it was an sms only service and when you posted your 140 character or less uh micro posts that were based off the inherent limit of sms text messages they were not called tweets those were things that all came from the icon factory and that application so for them to i like i like i know the new guard and and everybody that works for elon musk and all like the fucking yes people that are there like none of them care that 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 is where the service came from or the fact that hashtags and at replies and all this kind of stuff didn't actually exist and i'm not saying that twitterific and icon factory invented all of those but like they're the service of what people think it is today and the reason it became a really powerful force in society and a cultural like cornerstone is it was not because twitter had all the right ideas twitter so has the like it's under such mismanagement now it was never under great management before but like it's it's so frequently stumbled into success that was basically stuff that other people did and that's the part that's super annoying and so much of it was related to icon factory that makes this extra lousy and i feel like that part does actually graduate beyond the whole t-word circles because all the stuff that people associate with twitter and all the stuff that's being lost in its decline is related to ideas they didn't even fucking have themselves. Well, and I think you're indirectly hitting on something that, you know, many others have mentioned the past couple of months as well, which is that Twitter Twitter is its community. Its value and its its interest is the community. The the actual like software behind Twitter is is super not interesting. And, you know, that's actually been a primary criticism of previous management there is they just never really innovated the the technology that powered the platform in any sort of interesting way and you know one of the things that i've noticed with with musk now is he really seems to kind of view it as like a software company which is just which is just not not the right way to think about twitter it's it's the people and it's the communities of people that use it that make twitter interesting and so, That's, you know, uh, oh, hold on. Uh, hmm. I've never actually heard heard that before. I, I'm not sure I believe that. I. It. it, it I mean, what, what's interesting about bit, Twitter from a like a technology perspective? No, no, no. Like, so that I that I get, huh? Because I think so. You saying that, I do think he kind of believes, huh? Okay. So, so you are absolutely right that the entire value of Twitter is like because if if it's a software company. It and they make the world's best social media platform. If nobody wants to go there, it has it has zero value. It has negative value because you have to pay for all the people that are creating it. 
that that is absolutely true that that it's community driven and having people want to post there is the inherent value of the entire company but in terms of the soft him thinking of it as a software company i actually think that is kind of true i i that's true in the same way that what has come to light about Tesla makes it a far less valuable company in that Musk seems to think that software can fix everything. So in the same way that like he fired basically all of the trust and safety people and all content moderators is in the same way that he thinks that self-driving, I, like I do think he actually legit, legitimately, legitimately believes whether or not, like that self-driving is actually going to happen. Like, I, I do think a certain amount of it is actual, like, bald-faced lying that when it's going to happen. But I do think he thinks that, hey, enough software code will allow this car to not just stop in the middle of the Bay Bridge and cause a 12-car pileup. We might get there. Who knows? But, like, I, hmm. I think he does think of it as a software company and the fact that, like, just clever code can eventually fix it. But I do think that he, based off the content moderation decisions does view the value of community he just wants the wrong community like he thinks the reason that twitter is under undervalued or underperforming is because they're silencing the voices of a bunch of alt-right people like i like i I do think that he thinks draconian have in heavy-handed content moderation is stifling community and that way more people will participate in this vital town square or whatever the fuck he called it and so I think he, I think he thinks it's both. I think he, th- him thinking of it as a software company allows him to believe that he can fire everybody and make it worth more just by cutting costs and just scaling it that way. But I do think he also does think it's community too. He just, he just doesn't agree with what good community is or have the same view that we probably do. Yeah, but I think it's in that order. You know what I mean? Like I, <sighs> I, I think he, I think he really. Well, because also I think for him too, right? He he doesn't know anything about how social media works, but he you know probably knows at least a little bit of like how software works. I mean, whether whether you agree with his approach to software with Tesla or not, it's a different matter. But at least that's something that he has a little bit more experience in. I mean, literally more because he has no experience with social media. So of course he's going to try to frame the company or think about the company in a way that better fits his experience well, well sure but he well but I, I i does he is he that dumb wait don't don't answer that but like because his, his experience as somebody with 150 million followers and an army of millions of fucking weird male nerds who will just like dive in front of a speeding tesla to to, to save him like he doesn't have the same experience that everybody else does. And I don't, I don't even mean in terms of a, like abuse perspective of that. A lot of other people might be subject to. He, I mean, he has to know something about it. He just has it. I think, I think I I can see, I can see that you, you are right in that a lot of his. No, I I don't agree. I think he's just an idiot. Like I, I, I well, so, so you, let, me you, let me ask you this: like, Do you think that when he bought it, he thought, "Hey, a couple of software changes, and it's just gonna it's gonna be perfect"? Like, I guess what do you, when, you, when you say he uh, thinks it's a software company, what what do you, how do you think that influences the decisions he he was making? Even though he ultimately didn't want to buy the company anyway, and that's that's a whole other story. Where how does that change the reality if he thinks it's a software first company? 
Well, so I guess let me first not answer your question just as sort of like some context to how to answer your question. Okay. I, 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 mean, I think he bought Twitter sort of under the premise that while it was obviously a ton of money, it was ultimately a relatively small part of his overall net worth. And so in some ways, like no matter what happened to Twitter, like even if he did just come in and completely screw it up, it kind of wouldn't matter. And so he probably didn't really put a lot of critical thought or wasn't really, you know, all that invested in it software wise, social media wise or otherwise. Um, but obviously now with what's happened with, you know, markets in general and, and particularly with Tesla stock, now all of a sudden, you know, this this purchase that he made becomes a really meaningful and kind of detrimental, you know, aspect to his overall net worth and and finances. And so as that's become more and more clear to him, I think he's he's realized that he does actually have to try and and make this work in a way in a way that wasn't previously as important. And, you know, he's he's got nobody around him who kind of knows how to do that, like how to turn Twitter around. And so I think he's just falling back on things that he knows, or at least things that he thinks he knows. And that's, you know, things like software. And, you know, he, he doesn't have any sort of experience in building a social network. So like, what's he going to get out there and say about that? Like nothing. And actually, I think even what you brought up about the whole, you know, silencing of conservative voices and all that, like, I mean, even even bringing that up, I think actually shows how little he knows about social networks, because all that is, is just some, you know, nonsense, you know, topic that you see floating out on the internet that like any dummy could pick up on. Like, that's not that's not some like insight into, you know, how to make a social network work. So... I don't know if I answer your question or not. Not really, but 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 because it's a complicated and a, a question to answer because it's it's trying to get it's trying to worm yourself into a mind of of somebody who whose mind you probably is, don't want to do that to. Well, yeah, but and again, this is this is the something I've talked about a lot. It's just, it's like, well, why can't rich people have better handlers? Because the thing, because a lot of this. So let's let's talk. Let's pivot to Tesla for a second, which is that. So last year, I remember looking this up. I don't know what it's at this right at this point, but over the course of 2022, Tesla TSLA stock uh, was down 69. percent nice. nice. So it's because it's it's for a number of factors. So how, what how what degree of Tesla stock drop or the or perception of the company do you think it's because of either his distraction at Twitter or the increased exposure to who he is as a person how much of that do you think is attributable to the negative fortunes of tesla in percentage hmm that's a good question um so like basically of the 70 percent drop or whatever like how much of that can you attribute to musk and his shenanigans with twitter yeah directly mm-hmm or people who thought like he was like this guy is just so fucking smart. He's launching rockets into space. 
Like he's doing all this cool stuff. He's making EVs affordable. He can do no wrong. He is so smart. And then now people are just like, oh, he this this is him? Yeah. Man, that, that that's tough. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe a third of it. Yeah, I was gonna say thirty five. Yeah, like it's it's a lot of it. It, it, Yeah. So that there, so you have the the general like again, cars cars are becoming more expensive because you most normal people have to borrow to get a car, and because economic headwinds, I think is the is the phrase that you're looking for here, Carlos. I'm not sure. Does that count? I don't. I don't don't think interest rates count as that. Well, anyway, anyway, (laughs) uh, I'm I'm no uh, Luca Maestri. Um. But the other part, like, so yes, yeah, so you, you have you have the the economic factors in, in J Powell and the fact that American consumers just keep wanting keep wanting to spend, but everybody wants to be mad about the fact that they that they keep spending, but that somehow prices keep going up. Uh, but then the other part, the other part is is that, and I don't have a good article linked to this, but I've been seeing a number of stories about this, which is that, guess what, Tesla is just a regular ass car company, because the whole reason. So uh, finance.google.com. Uh, what's Ford's stock ticker? Is it just F? Of course it is. Okay. <laughs> Can you guess the P uh, the uh, PDE ratio of Tesla uh, of Ford? No. Oh, I said guess. Uh, well, I, I I'm not I'm not embedded. Five point in... six. Okay. Uh, PDE ratio of Tesla, which is again sixty nine percent down from a year ago. Uh, twenty. Thirty nine. So back when it was three times as much, that's the problem. So people, if you remember, and we talked about it on this this very program, is that in 2019, before the, before before COVID, uh, if you bought a Model Three, uh, you could lease it, and at the end of your lease, you could not buy it back because you know why? The car was going to drive itself. It was going to be part of an autonomous robo taxi brigade, and then they wanted those cars back. But now they don't because you know what? The car does not drive itself and it's just a car company they make a whole bunch of things that have four wheels and they go and now other people have figured out we've we've, we've discussed the discrepancy in, in in sales volume and that kind of stuff but a lot of it one it's that the owners are schmuck but it's also just they make cars and eventually everybody else is going to catch up to learning how to make the cars and there's nothing inherently that special about tesla when you've seen the wall that they've hit with self-driving and the fact that that's probably never actually going to happen. Like the whole secret sauce and the Elon Musk factor of that. This is, this is something that's not just a regular that Tesla is not a software company. It is an automobile company. And eventually it's going to face all the exact same difficulties and logistical challenges and just market realities of being a fucking car company. And that's the, that's the part where like, yeah, the stock drop so much of it is just that. Yeah. They make cars, and so do other people. Is, and, isn't this kind of like is is a comparison of like Netflix here appropriate? Where like people kind of realize like, oh yeah, Netflix isn't a technology company; they're just a, they're a media company, and so they're kind of. But but they but they pi- mm, no. I I take your point, and I actually say I actually do think that's that's not bad. That's that's, that's a fair comparison, but I think it, it's it's less clear then because there's still a differentiation in quality and right so right and also but the, the one what a, a quick sidebar uh it's been raining in the bay area for like three and a half weeks oh really non-stop hmm. i'm i 
I'm tired. I, I miss being able to go outside. Or I do go outside, but I miss, being able to, I miss being able to be outside and not just be running between my car and my apartment <laughs> or, or where I work. Um, but the thing is, uh, again, the, 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 there's no shade, again, but, or anything, but a lot of Teslas are poorly made. And it is all, it makes me laugh so much whenever I, because this is in, increasingly, or this is uh, particularly endemic to the Model 3. Like, it, it the, the, sorry several things there's another article in here i forget who who posted it but we had it in the show notes but i don't I, it probably didn't make it because it wasn't particularly relevant to what we're talking about now the model s has been out for over 10 years the model 3 has been out for six and it is the year 2023 and tesla still can't make taillights that don't get water that seeps into them like oh, do, do you, do you i know yeah wait does yours have that oh yeah it, how how that's the part where and again not to i'm not trying to crap on tesla like it, they're like it, again cool evs but like the interior, like the interior quality, does not it is not a very good. And when you think about like the expense, like if sure for like the the base model Model Three, I feel like for the price you can forgive that. But like a Model Three, you can spec up to like seventy five thousand dollars. Like Model S is start at ninety thousand dollars. They don't feel very premium on the inside. No, they don't. And how how can it be a decade and you still can't make taillights where they don't fog up like you're microwaving chili? Like it's just. I don't, I, again, I know that analogy doesn't doesn't match, but whatever. Like how they're a car company; it's no longer a software company. You aren't suddenly going to turn uh, flip a switch and turn on all these robot taxis. It's it's not happening. Like I'm I'm, I'm glad he's convinced. What was the was it two hundred eighty five thousand people? How many people bought full self driving? A lot, a lot more than we both thought. Like it's that's the thing. It it it's a regular ass car company, and it's being piloted by some dude who was mad at liberals and somehow spent $44 billion at part of it of Citigroup's money or whatever. But like, it's, it's a mess. And that, I'm sorry, this, this all somehow relates back to the Twitter API, I think maybe 20 I minutes think, ago. I, 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 I feel like we, we talked about Twitter even more than, than I wanted to. <laughs> Cause I'm, but, I'm, I'm also, a, I mean, we, we think we mentioned this on a, some previous episode. Like I, I'm also of the opinion that Twitter is also probably a little overrated for how much influence it actually has, but I disagree. That's that's a whole separate topic. No, no, I disagree. It it's important to regular people. Yes, I agree with you. It's important for journalism, entertainment, and culture. Like I think Twitter holds a very, or sorry, or did hold a very, very big lock on driving u.s politics and also pop culture i I would i would say it has an outsized influence in that and that that is not underestimated but for regular people like i I think your average person still doesn't have a twitter account and could not give two craps about it but they're what they experience in terms of like oh what's what's on the tonight show or or what's what like or what what you're hearing about on cnn so much of that is driven by what happened on twitter that that so so yes and no anyway uh yeah uh twitter tesla is a regular car company twitter probably will i i know everybody's saying like hey the the, it's the wheels are about to fall off and it's gonna be dead but i i would say like in four to six months people you could put a stake in the ground here like it's it's still gonna be a website but nobody's going to use it. Like it's just, it's, it's going to be over. 
Yep. Right? Like, it's just like, I, I know people have been saying that for a while, but like, at least for us, like, I, I haven't you I, I haven't used Twitter in two years. I would, up until he hibernated, I would go in an incognito window to twitter.com slash Darth maybe once a week, and I would look at some dogs and some, some good jokes and Photoshops, but I don't use it anymore. But all the people that like we follow and, and found entertaining, all these third-party clients, and I don't think anybody is going, is now going to somehow go to like the regular Twitter website for this. Right. So it's it's basically done for that group of people. And eventually it's just going to get shittier for everybody else. And also, uh, you're not required to know this, um, but you're the, you're the finance guy. Mm. How 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 is it that because there's been, been a, there have been a bunch of stories about like at the end of January or something there's a big like one and a half billion dollar like balloon interest payment or something how are you able to buy a company but saddle the company itself with the debt of your acquisition uh, <laughs> I saw that today too and how does that work I don't know I, that caught my interest as well and I I, I don't I don't have an, an explanation for how that works. Okay. Can, somebody, somebody, Google that. Not Ryan. I, I don't. Get, yeah, get, that that get was po, get Popat on the phone or something. It's not the Rico, but yeah. But um, <laughs> see, that's it's that was the value of Twitter. Yeah, you're right. Inter- interesting, smart people on the website, and now now it's not anymore. Anyway, uh, t- Twitter sucks. Um, and also the API shutdown is just such such un- unceremonious chicken shit way of, of of doing that. If you wanted to do that fine but say hey we're shutting it down in a month people are still gonna be mad but at the very least you it, it wouldn't make you look like i don't know it's just it sucks for everybody who put a like a decade of their lives into making a website that again i don't i don't dislike twitter like but before like it had its opportunities but like twitter delivered a, a lot of value to me like a lot a lot of time wasted too but like people made cool stuff and it sucks that like the Tapbots people, Twitterific, um, and all the people that worked at Twitter proper, who, like, it's just, I don't know, this is the, this is the lamest way for that section of it to die, just because some idiot didn't know that there were other ways to access it. Oh. Uh, oh, Tesla price. Ugh. Um, yeah, so I guess I, a couple more <laughs> things. So the, the second big topic I had on the list here was was some some Tesla stuff that we haven't really gotten into yet here. So the, 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 I guess the big headline was the the price cuts that they put in place uh, about a week ago or so, um, which were were pretty significant. I think like around twenty percent in some cases. Part of which was was really just an offset from a lot of the price increases that they've done the past couple of years. Like in some ways, this was bringing prices kind of more back in line. You know pre-supply chain issues etc but in some cases i think especially with like the model y um pretty pretty significant um it's sort of it's too early to say i think what the sort of like long-term impact of these cuts are like because there's already been some stories coming out about how you know demand has kind of spiked again at certain shops and so I don't know. We we'll kind of have to wait to see how um how that plays out. Um I'll put a um I'll put a link to a Verge article in the notes that I think does a pretty good job of um summarizing what what this could mean. Um 
but I think I think we're all kind of in a bit of a wait and see mode. Um, I actually kind of wanted to use this maybe as like a the launching point to maybe so like you asked what I what you know what portion of Tesla's slide is related to Musk specifically, but then you know kind of what explains the rest of it. And I think one of the really big things, which I think you and I got into a little bit offline, online, is sort of is sort of their their lack of innovation the last number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, obviously, as discussed, you know, exhaust, exhaustively on this show, including pretty recently, like you know, Tesla still enjoys a pretty big lead in the EV market in terms of, you know, number of vehicles that they're actually shipping, their oh, charging yeah. network, et cetera. So they, they, without question, they still have this, you know, huge lead on everybody. And that's been true for a while now. But you, you kind of get the sense that they're sort of that classic example of, you know, a company that's gotten out to this sort of huge lead and then is is kind of just content having that lead and isn't really doing anything to ensure that you know they're they're trying to stay a step ahead of the competition they're kind of you know sitting sitting on their laurels as as you would would say um, resting if you will <laughs> um i think there's a lot of things you can point to as examples of that you know something again that i think we chatted about online offline is just their their vehicle lineup has been you know incredibly stagnant you know, the, the Model S and X are both ancient and, you know, they had their minor refresh a year or two ago, but, you know, nothing dramatic there. You know, the Model 3 and Y both haven't changed at all since they've been initially released. There's been some rumors of a Model 3 refresh sometime this year, but similar to what we saw with the S and the X, probably relatively minor updates across the board. So just a really stagnant sort of product lineup. And I, you know, I, I definitely push back to some of the commentary, which you see a lot in the T-word circles, which is sort of just like innovating because new stuff is cool and it kind of like gives us something to talk and write about. So like, I'm not, I'm not saying they have to innovate for innovation's sake, but, but I do think with vehicles in particular, there is an expectation that body types change over time, you know, interiors change over time. Like things change about cars over time. It's very uncommon for a car to just basically stay stagnant about the way that it that it looks over a long period of time. And you know, Tesla was unique in that they were ahead of the curve I think in terms of their design, which is which I think is in large part what's allowed them to get away for get away with this as for as long as they have, but I do think that's going to have its limits. So two two quick things on that. So one, uh, th- this is probably particularly a Bay Area thing, but, but like every like just driving around in San Francisco, like every third car is is, is a Model Three. Like it's it, they, and they all like and that's one of the weird things is that Tesla. Like let me go to Tesla.com. Like they. There's only like four colors, right? There, there's, there, well, yeah, and that, that's actually that's another good call. It's unlike other vehicles, right? Like there's there's no. There's it's, really it's, not, it's, I mean, there are silver, a, black or red. Yeah. And like, there are technically like a couple different trims, but those are mostly about like performance. Like there's not with, with most vehicles, when you go for, to, you know, various trims, like there, there's some fairly significant visual differences, but with, yeah, with a Tesla, there's, there's not. Well, yeah. So, but, but that's the thing. So like, again, like, again, we're, 
the the Bay Area is like a, a wealthier place, and also it's a liberal haven. So like EV people, like like people who care more or are making a conscious decision about what car they're going to buy. A lot of people who are going to think of EV first are, are going going to live here. But yeah, like it just they all look the same. Like the model, like it's yeah that that's a bummer. But also like I mean. BMW or or like anybody else has like a a much more varied lineup where with Tesla, like you're going to end up with a car that looks like everybody else. And if you haven't updated it in an extremely long time, like it just, it all just looks the same and that's fine, I guess. But again, like after six years, they still haven't figured out how to make the door panels line up. Right. And then again, water and all like places it shouldn't be like, it's just, it's a very old like the only like they when they do decide to change something, it's generally for the worse. So um, I don't know if we ever talked about it on the show, but they did the whole thing where they switched all of their um, like sensor technology to being like just computer vision and cameras only. Like your model has like traditional like park distance sensors, right? Right. They got rid of those. Yep. Like so now if you buy a new one. As a way to, they they tried to act like, oh, our software's so damn good that we don't need these anymore. No, it was it was a way of getting around supply chain issues and to uh, cut costs on the car itself. So that now you don't even reliably get a thing that tells you if you're going to back into a, like a toddler or something. Like it, it's just like they they keep taking out like and the thing same thing with the, like the change in the steering wheel. Like it's just the things that they're changing aren't things that are going to motivate people to buy it. Yeah. And then, you know, the other piece of this, too, is is more forward-looking, where th- there's nothing on the Tesla roadmap that's particularly interesting. Like, you know, the the Semi, that that is what it is, obviously not a consumer product. I think some questions around sort of the infrastructure around, you know, electric Semi-trucks. So there's that that's a bit of a niche kind of uncertain thing. Well, remind then, me, is, is the Cybertruck thing actually, was that actually ever supposed to be like an actual, like this ships in volume thing? Or was that just like a weird vanity project? Oh yeah, like no, that, that's, that's their next like shipping in volume vehicle, which, you know, besides it's, you know, <laughs> continuing delays. I mean, the other huge question mark there is what, what's the appeal of that car going to be? And that's, you know, that, that's the one. Well, and, and then there's the, um, um, new version of the Roadster, which obviously is this you know crazy expensive sports car. So like when you look at those three announced but but not yet shipping vehicles, I mean this, the semi is now shipping in limited volume, but there's there's nothing on the horizon there that's that's all that interesting. And and from like an investor's perspective, certainly nothing in that lineup that you would look at as being like the next Model Three or something. So. You know, if I were a Tesla investor, which I'm certainly not, you know, that that would be what I would be mostly worried about is, yeah, they've got this huge lead. And I mean, as I've been saying over and over again on the show, like I'm I'm definitely skeptical for, you know, around like how quickly um, these other manufacturers are going to be able to catch up. I think it's going to take a lot longer than what some assume. But even with that being said, I don't think that tesla can just kind of sit back with their current lineup and not innovate on it and not come out with anything new and just think that's going to be okay over the long term because that that will eventually come back to get them Mm -hmm. 
like it's just kind of like when you have that lead like how long does it take for you for your competitors to get better there, there's some sports analogy here that i'm that i'm that's on the tip of my tongue but i can't figure it out but yeah 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 um and then there was a new york times article which just maybe well it's actually two things so if you can throw that in the show notes i haven't actually read it yet because i can't I'm i'm waiting for somebody to say is this a good article or is this like a hit piece because it, it's it's one of those lengthy new york times articles where i'm kind of their tech reporting varies widely so waiting for somebody else to tell me if that's worth reading but the only thing and we don't have to talk about this but i'm gonna send you a link this, this is already in the um in slack but uh it didn't make the show outline it's just it's it in terms of full self-driving it so there was an, an accident uh around thanksgiving in the bay area that uh the intercept filed a freedom of information request uh to get more details on it and hours after uh musk announced some self-driving full self-driving features um yeah there was a, a model s uh that just decided to just stop in the middle of like 60 mile an hour traffic on the bay bridge and cause an accident and you, and it's just it's one of those failures where even if we ignore all the other stuff about tesla it's 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 a good thought-provoking exercise in terms of what level of error are we as a society going to afford self-driving tech that may or may not ultimately be safer than a human driver when things like this can happen anyway it's worth watching and going to take a look so we don't have to discuss it but if that can make the show notes it's it's in there all right homepod or macbook pro spec bump the more interesting one is obvious but is it Oh, oh, I'm, I, I have a lot to say. <laughs> All right, um, let's get the Macs out of the way. So, hey, there's new MacBook Pros. They've got M2s in them. Great. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, th- I think actually, I think one of the more interesting things, which Gruber called out, although he said not to read too much into it, but I think is interesting, is I guess like the URL. I think to the little video that they put together, which is like an event, but don't call it an event. Um had like a reference to 2022 so i'm like clearly these were products that were meant to come out last year and probably because of supply chain stuff were not able to be produced in enough volume but yeah i mean the the Mm -hmm. machines themselves are you know if you and i had to sketch out what we thought you know an m2 pro and m2 max remind me does your does your macbook air have an m2 in it yes Okay. Yeah. So that and that came out in the summer or right. late spring. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. And there was kind of a similar story with the MacBook Air too. Where remember it didn't come out until it wasn't even announced until like sometime in. Well, I guess no. It, it was announced at WWDC, right? But then like didn't come out until like July, which I think was kind of mm-hmm. you know I think people were viewing that as maybe being a spring thing last year, and then maybe even like these MacBook Pros would be a WWDC thing. Um, Anyway, it definitely seems like, you know, Apple's product launches have probably been later than they originally planned, which, I mean, no surprise, supply chain stuff, you know, remote work stuff, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the products themselves are just, yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier, like if you, if you had to sketch out a couple of weeks ago what the M2 Pro and M2 Max MacBook Pros would be, this is basically exactly what you would sketch out. I don't think there's any kind of surprise feature or change, right? 
No, I think, um, didn't they bump the webcam up slightly? Like, don't the ones that we have have 720p webcams, which is already better than the... Because Apple shipped really lousy-ass webcams for a very long time. I, but I do I think they not, bumped that, too. I don't think I've seen any talk about the webcam. And I'm searching even um, the six colors write-up, um, which is a really good one. And the word <laughs> the word webcam does not appear anywhere. So I don't, I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. Maybe I'm just uh, Dreamcasting, Wishcasting. No, Dreamcast was a game console. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it's fine. Like, I mean, the the M2, like, I'm not, I'm not, this is not an anti-Apple thing. Like, the M2 was a snooze. Like, it didn't really, like, I think, it, like, on the whole, it effectively is, like, 15% faster. Like, it has some certain things, and it's got some type of, like, memory technology that is, hope would like, they, I think, people said they had hoped would be in the m1 but it's 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 pretty incremental so i have absolutely no desire to go run out and replace this rock solid macbook pro so um something that i learned when reading about this um so these machines have wi-fi 6e um (laughs) oh that is one thing uh my yeah mine doesn't wait no is it is it 6 pro what's the because no, is it 5E? Fucking AT&T has ruined this for everybody. Because um, 5GE means something else. Doesn't... Yeah, because my laptop, that was the one thing when I was buying my Eros. Um, I, I was looking to see, does mine even support this? I don't think the no. M1 MacBook Pro, it only supports... Is, is 5E a thing? Or 6... Uh, M1 I, MacBook Pro. I think, uh, I think your machine has Wi-Fi 6, but not Wi-Fi 6E. I think is the difference. <laughs> what does the E mean? I, 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 it's like, I don't know. It's increased. It, it, I don't know. Different frequencies, <laughs> increased bandwidth, maybe both. I don't know. Increase something. It could be increased bugs. Um, it doesn't even matter. Increase. Well, but so the, anyway, the, the thing that I read today, which I had no idea of, and which is just proves how dumb networking is, like almost up there with like smart home stuff is apparently like software has to be updated somehow to even sort of like support Wi-Fi 6E fully, which I don't even fully understand. Um, that I don't believe, unless it's unless it's an app that makes direct use of the networking stack, because no apps get, no, apps don't get say in how the networking interface works. I, well, it, it, yeah, it, 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 apps could sort of take advantage of the faster speeds of, of Wi-Fi 6E, but um there there was some part did i put a link into the um you did to the notes here i should i'll go back and um oh it's a nine to five mac article which i'll I'll put in the notes here um and see um but there's something to keep in mind while all apps will benefit from the faster speeds and lower latency of wi-fi 6e some specific tools for mac os will require an update to work with the new um technology well, yeah, I mean, I, but like if it's a like a a low level, like if it's a network interfacing application or maybe like a firewall application, maybe. But if it's just like reader app or something like or Microsoft Office, like it does does not need to. Yeah, but anyway, point being that you know fairly minor updates across the board. I guess the slightly more interesting Mac update was the the Mac Mini, which <sighs> you know, in addition to getting an M2, is now also getting an M2 Pro, which which it didn't get with the M1 generation. 
and you know apple's now using that as a way of of finally retiring the intel based mac mini which is no longer a product um in the lineup so, so i think expensive. i think that makes yeah well it, it it's well it's very inconsistent right because the the base model m2 mac mini actually dropped in price by by a hundred dollars down to 599 well that's an amazing deal but like so i was trying to price out like what what would it take if i wanted to get like a, a new mac mini server thing that i have in the closet that makes that runs smoothly and if you want one that has more than eight gigs of ram like it's sixteen hundred dollars like so the super cheap one great it's it's got the eight core m2 and eight gigs of ram and 256 like that's an amazing deal but if i want something that has uh 32 gigs of memory that's seventeen hundred dollars why why would you need 32 gigs of memory for a server? Because the way that I do my cuz I cuz I run servers on my servers. It's it's like the what what's who is the guy from Pimp My Ride? The guy. Uh, Pimp, do you, nah, you know this I, reference? Yeah, I don't remember. Yes, you do. You were a child in Orange County. <laughs> um Exhibit. He's the guy who like I heard you like uh, Oh my god. I heard you like uh yo dog, I heard you Hold on. I don't. Anyway, there's there's a meme here. People who are are cooler than me will remember what this is. But anyway, the way I run a server is that I have a VMware running inside of it so that I can virtualize OS 10 and have different. It, it my system makes sense. But okay, I'll, I, I'll take your word for it. But I do need. I would need 32 gigs. I'm not. No. So therefore, I, I will never be done with Intel Max because that's too much money. And also, it comes. What, what is this? This this unprofessional shade of silver. What what is this? Well, that yeah, that kind of people people are going to think I'm a joke. Kind kind of <laughs> kind of disappointing. I thought the the space gray Mac Mini was was pretty neat, um, but that's now been fully retired as well. So even if you do get the fancy pants, you know, sixteen hundred dollar M2 Pro version, it's still in just boring aluminum. Yeah, at least make it midnight so that for I can make me my, my, I, I can I can name it Taylor Swift. Okay. Um anyway, I think and I guess maybe the only other sort of like point to make here with the Mac mini is I, I didn't think I don't think we needed any further proof for this, but I think this is providing some which is I I don't think there's a there's an iMac kind of pro thing coming anytime soon. I mean, I guess never say never, but you know, starting with the way that Apple described the Mac Studio and Studio Display, where if you could go go back and watch that video, like one of the first things they emphasized was the fact that they had been hearing from customers wanting to have their computer and display be separate devices because of the modularity and easier path to upgradeability that provides. And then obviously the Mac the existence of the Mac Studio itself. And then now a higher higher end version of the Mac Mini. I I think Apple's higher end desktop story is very clear now, which is if if you want that, you buy a Mac Mini. If you want something a bit nicer, you buy the Mac Studio and you pair it with a studio display. And then the iMac is basically just the cheap, you know, entry level computer for everybody. And I See, think I don't, that, I that's and that's really really clear because they haven't even updated that thing. It's got the M1 because that that's that's being addressed to a market that doesn't care about the M2. 
See, I, I don't mind this, like, because Jason Snow oh, no, is beating I don't, the drum I don't, on I don't this. I don't mind it either, but I, I think what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, the constant speculation around a higher-end iMac, there... I think, is kind of silly. Other than Jason, is there? <laughs> um... Like I, uh, we we love them to death, but like I don't think anybody else cares. Like the, the the yeah the the current iMac in all its colors, like it's it's a good computer for a lot of people, and for people like me, like I this this Mac Studio, which is unfortunately life's busier, has been getting very very little use in between podcasts. But like it's a fantastic, silent, high powered, absurdly fast computer, and it's great. And I do I wish there was a better display that Apple made than the, this this studio display with its potato webcam. I I do I do wish that. But the the computer itself is good, so I don't I can't imagine what a twenty seven inch iMac Pro would look like that would somehow like I get that be cheap enough to make it that differentiated against the Mac Studio. Like I, I yeah I I don't get that part. But also I kind of don't get why the Mac why the Mac Mini exists either. Who is this for? I I actually think it makes a ton of sense. If you want who? A, if you want a desktop Mac but don't necessarily need something as high end as the the I- um, an iMac? The the Mac. Well, but then buy an iMac. Yeah, you could, but then you're you're, you know, you're limited to that 24-inch display, which if you want a bigger display, there's no story yet there for you. Um eh. or or if you're somebody who wants to buy a really nice display with the idea that you're going to hold on to it for, you know, a multiple computer upgrades. Like, I think there's a lot of appeal to that as well. I would be very interested in sales data. I, I, I feel like the Mac mini has got to be a pretty low volume seller. Well, I, I think it probably is too, but. Like, do it, you think they sell more Mac studios or Mac minis? Oh, I think going forward, they'll sell more Mac minis. The Mac, the, the Mac Mini starts at five ninety nine. The Mac Studio starts at two thousand dollars. But a like, good Mac, but a good Mac Mini starts at seventeen hundred. Well, and a and a eight gigs of RAM is not enough for uh, almost anybody. I mean, I'm I'm recording this very podcast on a MacBook Air with eight gigs of RAM, and everything's fine. All right. Anyway. Um, Mac Mini. Okay, so, can, all right. Is is that enough? Can we talk about the 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 most ridiculous item of the week? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so if you all go to uh, what, what would this even be filed under? So it's not a Mac. It's not an iPad. It's not an iPhone. It's not AirPods. Is it under accessories? Oh, TV and home. Okay, so you go to apple.com slash homepad homepod dash second dash generation uh the tagline is uh speakers of the house which is not funny <laughs> uh that's that's really dumb because normally like apple doesn't ever try to make like they'll sometimes try to be punny but they won't do like straight up jokes but anyway the, the gist of this is that after having discontinued the full-size original HomePod a year and a half, two years ago, um, after after staining many finished wood surfaces, then uh, it was replaced with a HomePod Mini, which was much cheaper, uh, still too expensive, and didn't, doesn't, doesn't sound very good. Uh, they have reintroduced the HomePod, and it is 
exactly the same, and it's barely any cheaper. So, why? So, I actually didn't know this. Um, the when this when I saw this news uh, this morning, I was like, "Wait, is it literally the same price?" No, apparently it is fifty dollars cheaper. Three fifty. Wow, that was a lot. Of, that was a, that was very expensive. But yeah, it's two ninety nine now. It is basically the same. They re-engineered some bits of it. It's it's still like mostly the same, but it has now. It's a it's a matter controller, and it has like a humidity sensor for some reason, and that's it. So it's the same, very limited, Siri speaker that is kind of over-engineered and too costly compared to an Echo or anything else. And you might as well get a Sonos. I. Who is this for? Why? Why bring it back? It, it's a. It's a. Why? Great, it's a great question. Um, I, I always assumed that because then there, there's been some rumors about you know Apple doing this for a while now, and I always assumed that meant that they would come out with something that was really pretty significantly different than the original HomePod and like way less over engineered. And it would be two hundred bucks at the most, but the fact that they've only sort of minorly, you know, um, uh, de-engineered or whatever the right phrase here to use the the original HomePod. I mean, like, what is it here? Like, they've they've you know gone down from five like, Microsofts or Microsofts. There are five microphones instead of seven yeah, or something, like, and exa- the, the, the screen yeah. on the top is slightly bigger. I guess. Yeah, like exactly, like m- five. Yeah, and then like having five tweeters instead of seven, whatever those are. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it, my 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 point is just that then, like, sure, this is a maybe kind of interesting like spec bump, but then why have why discontinue the first one? Well, that that's the part of it that does make sense to me. Like, I don't why I don't think they could have been actively selling the HomePod and then all of a sudden come out with this thing. Well, that would have made it the second generation HomePod. Like, what, but, if but, you're you know, basically this, reintroduce the product that's basically the same thing, then what was the point of discontinuing it? The discontinuation but, makes it seem like this was a failed. But is, but, but is there any history of Apple coming out with a second generation of something that's intentionally worse than the first version so that it can be cheaper? Uh, the iPhone 11? I mean, eh, I mean, it's not. How, how do you know it's worse? Well, I mean, I, I assume fewer tweeters means not as good sound, right? But they're using machine learning and neural engines to whatever. Oh, you know, I, f- I forgot about spatial audio. You're right. <laughs> I keep my AirPods don't ever remember that setting, and I hate trying to turn my head, and it try it tries doing something to Taylor, and I don't like it. Hmm. Um. <sighs> yeah. I this mean, this I, is I, a. The, I guess the, my question would be, what. What is this product doing differently than the first generation HomePod did that's going to result in its success being different? I don't know what the answer to that question is. I don't think there is one, which is why this is such a confusing product. 
Well, that's my point, which is that why have why have discontinued the first generation when this is just it's no different, which is which is fine. Like, I mean. I'm not like I'm not mad like I I don't I don't actually care that much I I don't want to make this seem like I am actually like flummoxed and, and upset but like it's just I I don't know why you would if this was your strategy and you're going to do kind of more of the same thing then I guess how much was it costing you to run the assembly line to keep the old one going like I I don't it was weird for the HomePod Mini to exist when there was, how can you be a mini version of something that doesn't exist? I get that, but the HomePod itself, like, this is the same thing. And it's not like, if they had somehow found a way to maybe make it 80% as good and was now 199 that falls within the scope of, hey, I'm going to pay extra for the Apple thing. But this is not that, so just... Why? Well, and I mean, the problem with the HomePod too is that the parts of it that are Apple-y about it are are bad, right? Like, I mean, Siri. Well, I can uh, the one thing with that that I will push back. I am so close to throwing away my Echoes. They're getting they're so because the problem is, I guess maybe now that they're trying so, to make money. Listen to you pulling a Marco over there. No, it's not like it's, it's not a privacy thing. Like I, I like I don't, I don't give. Well, no, his care. wasn't a privacy thing either. He just he was all There's about good. them. Like, uh. like I'm I'm asking you to set a timer, and you're telling me to listen to this NPR podcast that I hate. Like the Hidden Brain is a bad podcast. Like it's 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 anyway. And then like the thing is, so I asked it to what did I ask it earlier today? I asked it to set a timer, and then it told me, oh, you're gonna get mad at me because you get mad when I talk about capitalism. But Amazon had this thing around the holidays where it was like, if you ask Alexa to thank your delivery driver, Amazon will give delivery drivers like a tiny bonus. And it's telling me this when I'm just trying to set a timer. I know, just pay your employees fairly. Like that's that's not, Amazon, like Echoes, and you probably don't experience this because I guess maybe that's probably not loaded into this. Is there a name for the, the way that Sonos's interface with Siri probably probably Alexa connect or something yeah i, I guess I, I maybe this is a third party i feel like like that's Twitter what i think api no, no, that's the thing where you're not you're not getting the ads like uh, because i use the first party stuff i get like any it's the same thing like back when siri like we we used to be on this beat where like you'd ask siri to set a timer and it would say like don't overcook that egg or some dumb stuff like that no now it's always telling me oh you have a new notification for amazon shopping your your eyeglass wipes are uh, are have just been delivered like okay but you already sent me an email about that and then half the time it's telling me like, do I want to listen to the sounds of Avatar? No, I don't. Like it's maybe maybe I do need to turn on the the, the Alexa feature in my Sonos ones, but but anyway, and, and but this HomePod, whatever. It just I just don't know why. Just have, like stayed the course because the, the having discontinued in the first place made it seem like you thought, okay, yeah, this this is there's there's no market fit here. But now, apparently, fifty dollars uh, when the economy is on the brink of recession—that's that's that's what everybody needed. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. I, 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 likewise, I'm not I'm not mad this exists. I I think Does, the idea of the HomePod is interesting, and I think it's a category that Apple should be in. In fact, I think they should be doing more first party stuff but, around the home. But but new right new right. Anything. It doesn't even come in Giants Orange. 
<laughs> yeah, or, it, 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 it's, nope. it's 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 it, if they they did the absolute bare minimum. I mean, maybe even less than the bare minimum to bring this thing back. <laughs> um, so um, it's it's very surprising. What what are the Lakers colors? Blue and gold, purple and gold. Right. If there was a Lakers edition HomePod, would you buy it? No. No, I'm, I'm. I don't believe you. I honestly, man, like the I my so. I mean, I, I'm so deep in the Sonos ecosystem that <laughs> I would really be, like that. Mike keeps Mike. Mike is fully on. Are Are you listening to Upgrade regularly again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I very much appreciate that he's 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 full onto the Sonos bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 too far in to get out at this point, um, <laughs> and I'm 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 really happy with it. Um, I've I've got some quibbles around like my whole arc setup and that never really like sounding as great as i think it should for how expensive that whole setup is but other other than that like it's it's a it's a pretty darn good setup so i and i Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know if i'm the only one but like i actually think the amazon voice stuff is is fine like i i I totally agree that the whole skills thing and all that's kind of not the best but I, I'm not sitting there installing a bunch of new skills all the time. In fact, I can't even remember the last time I did. So I, I individually, I'm just asking for one to work and it doesn't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I for, for me, like it, that stuff has worked fine. I don't get the annoying stuff that you're talking about, which is probably because I'm accessing it through a third party device, um, which I guess I'll just enjoy while I can. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 really happy with this the Sonos stuff, and uh, there's nothing about this HomePod that makes me remotely interested in switching over to something like it. Well, just wait until Elon buys Amazon and turns off the API. <laughs> uh, 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 tying it all together. Okay. All right. So that's I. I think that's it. I think so. All right. Uh oh. oh just hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. Um. Well, I got I got one one complaint to make, uh, which mm. is high dynamic range video, oh, super okay. fast. Have you do you, do you use Instagram? I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever have you experienced Instagram high dynamic range video? <sighs> yes, I have. Do you enjoy it? No. Why? It's too bright. Correct. And, and, well, and it, it it and it's. I mean, as someone who shoots you know HDR video on their iPhone, like don't don't get me wrong, like I can appreciate it, but it's very jarring going into an hdr video and then scrolling past it and going back into non hdr mode because it ignores your brightness settings right so here's the thing high dynamic range when left to professionals is great i don't think regular people this maybe this is like a second amendment thing i don't think regular people should be trusted to have high dynamic range video like it's 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 like somebody posting a video of their dog should not be allowed to be literally five times brighter than anything else i'm scrolling past and most people like the iphone is actually not like for for all i like i give it a lot of credit for being the under eight thousand dollars the best video recording device in the world it is not good at judging high dynamic high dynamic range video it oversaturate colors it will like the highlights are always blown out a cloud will somehow get to a thousand nits of brightness and blind your eyes like it looks terrible and there are so many apps now so instagram is one of them 
where you will see this all the time. And also on the MacBook Pro, you can get, there's no way, I, I have looked so hard, you can't turn off high dynamic range video in Chrome or system-wide on OS X. It's just sometimes you accidentally click a link of a dog video from Reddit, and it's just blindingly bright no matter how what your brightness settings on your Mac are. And it's terrible. I don't know. Like, I didn't, like HDR, leave it to the pros. Like, let, let Mike, uh, who's, not Michael Bay, who's, who's the Avatar guy? James Cameron. James, let, let, let him do the HDR or the... Wait, was was Avatar in 120 hertz? Is that what people are mad about? It it has some, like, crazy, like, variable... I know it's an IMAX ref- thing, but it's... It, it's, it's, like some, it's some variable refresh rate thing where it, it, it's, at, it's different frame rates, at, like, during different sequences, where it's, like, mm. higher refresh rate, I think, during, like, action sequences, but then it slows down again during you know slower sequences i i don't i i don't really know the details yeah, i don't love it um anyway it's just it's it's just bad and i i there is the the whole reason i'm complaining about this is that there is no because there's no setting there's no setting in instagram and there's no system wide setting in ios like ios has like 8000 accessibility settings that you allow you allow you to reduce motion and do all this kind of stuff Yet you still have to look at this video that's terrible, and like I, I do not record HDR video because I don't trust myself to record a good HDR video. If I want to go do some different color grading on a video I really, really enjoy, like great, I can go do that in Premiere later. But like, no, there there needs to be a setting to turn this crap off because it's so much worse. And the problem is that with like influencers, they will do anything to make their content stand out so it's just going to get worse and worse and worse over time and i just want to be able to look at cute dogs while, while it's 11 oh it's 1 15 a.m and i can't sleep and having hdr video pop up kind of ruins my sleep even more than it already is so i i don't need it okay chef specials so this is one that i um I know you. I think you're either gonna like or you think is really dumb. Um, Amazon link time. No, no, no. Amazon link here. Ooh. Um. Oh. <laughs> so I. You sorry. Can can we can we preface this that yeah. you are? You're generally a very um, cautious or or a sensible person, but you you tend to be susceptible to the Instagram ads. I do a little bit that you're, you're not wrong. Um, so I'm, you know, somebody who's trying, especially in recently given the lack of physical activity over the past few months, like trying, you know, trying to stay relatively active and, you know, someone who's in their mid thirties and has a variety of random aches and pains, especially when, when trying to stay a little more active, um, and so I've, I've had this for a little over a year now. Um, it's one of these Theragun, what are they called? Percussive massagers, I think, is the category that this is in. Um, it it's it's really it's really nice. Um, I use it in a very basic way. Like you, you can go really like. It, like it can connect to your phone and like walk you through like customized routines and stuff. Like I, I don't really do any of that. Um, I use it just basically as a, as a, you know, regular massager and it's, it's, 
it's pretty great. Um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's that that's it. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> uh, I. Oh man. All right. I totally bought it because it has an OLED screen. Let me ask uh, because I actually haven't lo- haven't looked at these because I, I, I don't want. I don't know if these are any good. I'm 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 sure they have some value. I don't want to know because I I'm not I I don't want to be the person that a person that buys something like this, even if it's good. But what does this charge with? Don't say micro USB. Uh, a proprietary charging. I was like one of those those barrel plugs or yep. like just a funky one. Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. So what are, are you? So as somebody who's over the age of twenty eight, and we've all covered the the my my I don't, I don't we never got a name, but the whole thing of that your body breaks down after twenty eight. Yep. Have you what what uh alternate medicine things like are you have you ever purchased a foam roller? No. Really? Not even a trigger point. I don't I don't think I have. No. I'm trying to think back. Let me, like, let me send I, you a picture. Did you know what a trigger point is? No, I, I'm actually I was still thinking about like a roller. I don't I don't think I've ever had one myself. No. It's oh Jesus Christ. Um yeah, that was not right. Um, <laughs> Google images will not give you a straight answer. Are you, are you trying to are you trying to hack my computer? What do you kind of looks there? like I sent you a Bitcoin address. It does. <laughs> <laughs> you've never had one of these i don't think so i have one of these but yeah but um you have you ever bought a chirp <laughs> have you ever been tempted to buy a chirp wheel i do you know what that is i don't think i know what that is uh it's a set of like three yoga wheels it's a whole thing oh, it, was on, it, was, it was it was it was on the shark tank yeah maybe do, you, I, do you ever hate watch shark tank i um i've occasionally seen it so i i think i actually think i've seen maybe an instagram ad for these Yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll be I'll be unskeptical right now. What does this functionally do? Like, is it that you just feel like your back feels tight? Like, what 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 does this do? Because basically, it's a it's just a thing that like beats you up, right? Like, it's just, it's yeah. a, it's like just like a a, a heavy it's like a semi heavy weight that just kind of just like at like one hundred twenty like smacks a minute, like it just beats you up, right? Yeah, I think for me, it's it it actually it's kind of like my lower back and legs that I that I get some discomfort in and it it Mm -hmm. really does seem to help with that and the other thing that it that it helps me with is i'll sometimes get kind of the the restless leg thing at night when trying Mm -hmm. to sleep and if i do this before bed it seems to really help a lot with that um i mean don't don't at me if that's like an actual use for it i I think it is but if it makes it makes you feel that way i mean like that's the thing like uh, if it uh, is is the term psychosomatic like if it's if it's doing the thing for you then who cares well that that's i mean that's that's the whole thing right is i i generally feel less sore after using this thing and it seems to be helping with that restless leg kind of thing at night and so you know if i if i feel like it's helping with both of those things then it's it's doing it's doing its job so So, i I really like it and if i mean if it just if if it feels really nice to use it's easy to use yeah i like it okay can we scroll down a little bit so are you still on the therabody.com slash us page i am okay so scroll down about halfway through so every product page apparently has been inspired by apple so are you can you scroll down to where it says elite in every way uh where is that it's about 40 percent down the page elite in every way um okay yep see it 
Okay. These are some Bezos charts. I've ever seen some. So you've got are. a treatment quality. What does that mean? That's, that, that is not a metric that anybody. So apparently average massage devices. That's some, some specificity there. That has, again, no axes. It just has a bar that goes like a third of the way through. But no, Theragun Elite. It's, it's on par with one of its closest peers, the Theragun third generation. Oh, man, this is, this is good. I, I, I've been tempted, and I see these like, it's, like they are a lot of places, but they're beyond impulse buy territory. Like 400 bucks is a lot of money. Well, this, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's to, clar- like, it, to, to clarify with me, I think, well, it, it was a gift, and it, I'm almost certain that the, the price was quite a bit less than what it's currently. Yeah. But yes, I, you're I, right. I, they're expensive. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not hating on this. I actually am kind of envious of this. If it came with... So I'm scrolling down to what's included. I do... The part that kills this for me, yeah, is that weird barrel plug. Like, if this came with, like, a combo, like, with the with the White Whale Sateki 120-watt charger, if it somehow charged your MacBook Pro, too, I'd be all, I'd be all in on this. But... Huh. And it's got a, it's got a really neat it's got a, it, wireless charging stand, but that's like another eighty bucks. Which well, yeah, I, I just scrolled down to that. That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, I don't have that, but that would be nice. Does it work with air power? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Neat. Interesting. Yeah. So kind of a yeah, well, not kind of, definitely a very kind of frivolous thing. But I've you know. I I really I really enjoy it. I also really like that I I don't have to use it very long to make what I feel like is a meaningful difference for me. It's really just a few minutes. So, I like that part of it too. Hmm. Is it does it make noise? I mean, um, obviously some, but does it make like could another person hear you using it? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they they describe the one that I have the uh, Theragun Elite um, as being <laughs> the, the phrase they use is ultra quiet, which I would sort of compare to Apple describing the iPhone screen as being edge to edge, where it's it's a it's a very loose interpretation of that phrase. I would I would not describe this as being ultra quiet. I can tell you for sure that Branson does not consider this to be ultra quiet for whatever reason. The the sound of it freaks him out. Um, Have you ever? Like, like, would it, would it be a, like, is it, is there a way to make it a gentle sensation? Could you ever use it on the dog just for fun? No, it's not. I don't think it's gentle enough for that. Okay. Um, So yeah, no, it's, it's, I would not describe it as being particularly quiet. So if, if, if this one truly is a lot quieter than some of the other, you know, percussion massagers out there, then I I can't, I can't imagine how loud they are. All right. Uh, I don't have one. So that means people can save their money and buy Theragun Elite. 